all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another happy recap edition here at the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata, and then also you could follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Houdat Dis, as the Saints did get the win on Sunday, Victory Monday here today. 26-23 against the Bears. It was in overtime. It was definitely one of those games that got the Saints fans blood pressure up and rising. But, hey, you can't come away with a win. Excuse me there. You're 5-2. And, And again, this team, as much as they've had their troubles and they've had their struggles, they're 5-2. They've really found a way to gut out wins. And that's something that the Saints have had in the past. They can win the slugfest. They can come back in games. And they just showed it again in a really gutsy performance by... A lot of different players. You know, you're without Michael Thomas. You're without Marquise Callaway. You're without Emmanuel Sanders. And the Saints are still able to get it done behind a really gutsy performance by Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara. And then, you know, you have Lattimore getting interception. You have five sacks. A lot of great things for the Saints. Then, obviously, you have some not-so-good things, as usual. Again, the big plays by the Bears was a highlight. And definitely something that the Saints still haven't righted the ship yet. And that's going to be something that we're going to get into, the pass interference penalties, the illegal contact penalties. All that stuff's going to have to get fixed if they're going to want to beat, you know, the Super Bowl contenders with the Bucks and Packers. But you're going to take this win over a 5-3 Bears team that has a really, really good defense. And this is a game that I feel like a lot of people thought that the Saints would lose just as kind of like not only a trap game because they got to play the Bucks next week and that's going to be, you know, a Sunday night game, prime time, and the Saints better be ready to play that game. But also, you know, you're in the cold, you're in the wind, you don't have three receivers. This Bears defense is stout as it gets. And look, they were able to get the win. And that's something that, to me, for the Saints, is it's remarkable. They continue to do it year in and year out. Four straight wins here. And they're one and two, and it looks like everything's down. And then you just rattle off four straight wins without the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year. That, to me, is just outstanding. And we're obviously going to get into... All of that win and recap that whole win. And then also, the Saints made a trade today on this Monday as they acquired linebacker Kawan Alexander. We're going to get into all of that as that's another trade that, you know, it was definitely a surprise, I feel, because a lot of people point to the back end for the Saints and the secondary safeties, cornerbacks, and the Saints get a linebacker. It definitely makes sense. They are thin at linebacker, especially because they're really playing a ton of nickel. So it's really, they're only playing two linebackers. So I think getting that third linebacker really helps not only to play a better nickel, because I feel like Quan Alexander, he's a guy with a ton of speed, he's good in coverage, and again, I feel like the one thing for him has always been injuries and missed tackles. So again, hopefully the Saints could right the ship for him, another change of scenery for him, hopefully that helps him. And again, I feel like Alexander, he's a guy that I think is also a plug-and-play type player, smart player. A very, very athletic player. I think he will fit into this defense very nicely. And he didn't really give that much up. He gave up Kiko Alonso and then a conditional fifth-round pick. That's not a lot at all. And you're hoping that, you know, he can bring some much-needed energy here into the coverage defense and stuff like that. So that's really what it is here for the Saints. And that is, to me, a very, very good trade. But we're going to get into more of that later here. But we're going to start off with this recap, this happy recap of the Saints win over the Bears. We'll start off with our notes, 
and we'll just dive right into the team stats. And look, I love looking at these team stats because, you know, if you look at these stats and you could really tell who's the winning team by just a few stats. Obviously, yards gained is a big one. Saints had 394. Bears only had 329. I feel like the Saints did a good job once they got their rhythm going. They were able to put some drives together. Not all of them went for touchdowns, as we saw. The Saints were only 1 of 4 in the red zone, but going downfield, going methodically, and you know, being able to get at least a field goal against this defense is very, very important. And I feel like the Saints did a good job at establishing certain things, and that helped later in the game, especially in that overtime drive. So that was really good for the Saints. The Saints finally get an interception. Their first one, it seems like, in years. And, I mean, ugh, that's something that I feel like this team, if they can get some turnovers, I feel like they can be a much better defense. And they get one here off of a Marshawn Lattimore interception. And I really thought, thought that, excuse me, that interception helped Lattimore in a few ways because he was a guy that I think coming into this game, up and down player, a guy that I think plays a lot on momentum. And he got beat for the touchdown early and it was like, here we go again, not a good game. And then he kind of gets a gift interception, which really has nothing to do with his coverage. It's just a bad throw by Nick Foles and a miscommunication on the Bears' offense. So the Saints pick up the pick there. And then Lattimore, he plays great the rest of the day. So that's obviously big from him. To me, it was his best game. And look, if he can make some picks, make some interceptions, and hopefully this gets him going. And he's going to have to play really good next week against Mike Evans. But that interception was obviously really big. The Saints do win the time of possession battle, which is usually if you win the time of possession, especially this Saints team, I feel like they'll win a ton of games. 35-15 for the Saints, 33-09 for the Bears. So that was really big. Saints gained more first downs, 23-18. That's obviously really big. The Saints weren't good in third and fourth downs. Combined, there were only four of 16 on the day. And that's something that I feel like is definitely going to have to get fixed going forward because, I mean, when you look at this, especially on third down, you were 2 of 13. After last week, you were 12 of 14. That's a really big dip, and I know a lot of that has to do with missing your top three receivers, arguably your top three receivers, and that's something that is definitely going to hurt, especially when two out of those three receivers is Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, two impact players on this offense. That's something that I feel like, especially those third downs and when you need big players to step up, the Saints had Jawan Johnson in those situations, Austin Carr in those situations, practice squad players. That is not going to get it done. And against really an elite defense with the Bears, it wasn't good enough in most spots. But I feel like when the Saints needed to get it done, they did. And that had a lot to do with Drew Brees. And throwing guys open, making plays to elude sacks, and then get it off to, you know, his check down option. He did a lot of that tonight, and or, or yesterday, I really should say. And I feel like he did a great job there. And then when we talked about in the red zone, the Saints were only 1-4, of four, which is not good. The Bears were one of two, which for the Saints is definitely a move in the right direction as coming into this game, they were over 85% against the red zone offenses here as they were just giving up touchdowns at an alarming rate. So at least they stop once here, the Bears in the red zone, which is definitely an improvement. Rushing yards, the Saints had 4.1 yards to carry, Bears had 4.2. The Bears ran the ball really well in the first half and going even into the third quarter, but then the Saints really became a stout running defense once again. And I feel like in the fourth quarter in OT, they did a wonderful job. And I think the Saints, especially in that fourth quarter, it feels like they found a formula to beat this Bears offense, which I feel like a lot of teams have. But then, like, once the Bears got into that catch-up mode, the Saints lost it. And they just panicked and they, they lost the lead. But then in the overtime, they found that formula again. And that's something that, to me, is really big that... They were able to find something that works against an opponent and 
besides really one two stretch drive and the Saints probably could have won that game in regulation really two plays you want to go back to the Demario Davis fumble that was called back because of forward progress and then Will Lutz missing a chip shot field goal you're hoping that one of those plays go your way going on in the future so again I'm happy that the Saints came away with this win and I feel like especially with the run defense a lot of that had to do with that stout play late in the game because the Bears offense I feel like especially late before they had to play catch up and they had found some success there, I feel like the Saints were able to really stop this offense. And I think stopping the run had a lot to do with that. And then penalties here to finish off our notes segment. The penalties, the Saints had less penalties than their opponents in this game, which, I mean, to me is something that is almost mind-blowing here because the Saints are the most penalized team in the NFL. And they only have five penalties here for 45 yards, but they did have a pass interference penalty in the red zone, in the end zone, actually. Excuse me there. So that set the Bears up at the one-yard line. They had an illegal contact penalty, which is definitely going to hurt. And again, I feel like right now with the Saints and the penalties, it's still rearing its ugly head, but I feel like it is getting better. So that's obviously something really big there. The Bears had seven penalties for 53 yards. So look, the Saints won the penalty battle in this one, which is, I mean, really surprising. It just shows you that the Bears, and multiple times throughout this game, they really had uh, just lapses in judgment, lapses in really just sound football and I think a lot of that had to do with the Wims, Javon Wims just basically just punching Chauncey Garner Johnson for like no reason and when you watch the video because when like you watched it live and you just saw Wims just clapping you're like oh did Chauncey Garner Johnson make a stupid play and then you watch the replay and I've never seen anything like this to be honest with you I guess I'm just going to touch upon it now instead of later in the show because Wims basically just taps on his shoulder or tries to steal his mouthpiece or something and then he doesn't do it, and then he just flat out throws a sucker punch at Chauncey Garner-Johnson in the helmet, which you're wearing a helmet that's not going to hurt probably if you're Chauncey Garner-Johnson, especially, I think, as much as Wims, because look, going and punching metal is definitely not a good idea. I don't really know what to say about this play. I mean, I think people are saying it's a little comical just because, like, I've never seen that happen before. Like, when does a player just straight-up sucker punch another player basically for no reason? It's not like they were going at it during the play, and then after the play, you know, it kind of gets out of hand. That didn't happen. It was just out of nowhere. I mean, oh, that's something that to me is just, uh, it's a head-scratcher for the Bears, and I think that really, that play, obviously the next play is when Lattimore picks off Foles, and that has, I think, a lot to do to change the momentum. But I feel like multiple times in this game, the Bears had... Just huge lapses of judgment and just playing sound football. And sometimes that happens to the Saints, but in this game it happens to the Bears. So I guess that's really good for the Saints. So moving over to the intriguing matchup segment here in this recap of the Saints win. And we're going to start off with the Saints running game versus the Bears interior defense that... Look, the Bears were giving up the run. They're about average against the run and run yards allowed. They're like 15th or 16th. And it's not like the Saints did an awful job here in the running game. They were able to get 122 yards on 30 carries, so just above 4.1 yards a carry. But I feel like a lot of that had to do with Kamara doing a nice job in the zone running scheme, which just, I didn't think was going to be successful in this game. You have Khalil Mack. I mean, you have Robert Quinn. You're, you're expecting those guys to neutralize those runs especially those zone runs and I feel like the Saints did a really good job blocking that up especially with the cutback lanes and stuff and I think that has a lot to do with the Saints tackles and also some of the guards as well 
I feel like right now the Saints rushing game, I thought they were going to be better up the middle, and they just weren't. Latavius Murray was not good in this one. Eight carries, 17 yards. That's definitely his worst game of the season, and I feel like the Saints didn't control this game through the run. They definitely were inconsistent, yes. Did they pop up some big runs? I mean, you go into multiple times in this game, the Saints were able to pop off some big plays with Alvin Kamara through the run through the pass, and that's great. That's why Alvin Kamara is really, right now, the best weapon the Saints have, definitely no doubt. He may be the best weapon in the whole entire NFL right now. I think he's definitely on the short list of candidates to win Offensive Player of the Year here in 2020. So, I mean, I feel like Kamara, he did a great job, but I was expecting more for Murray and just to dictate the tempo of this game. And the Saints really couldn't do that. And they put a lot on Drew Brees in this game. And, look, Drew Brees was up to the task, but I feel like early the Saints tried to really get into a rhythm with the run, and they could not do it. And then they had to pivot with Brees making throws over the middle to Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara, Traquan Smith. And we're going to get into that a little later, but this running game didn't do as good as I thought they would, especially after watching that Monday night game against the Rams. Again, I, I, I am a little disappointed in it. Now, I feel like the Saints did enough at the end of the day. They put a lot on Drew Brees, but Drew Brees answered the, answered the call. Excuse me there. I didn't think Brees could answer the call. And that was, I think, something that's really big. I mean, a lot of people don't expect Brees in a cold game without his top three receivers to win that game for the Saints, and he went out and did it. And I think a lot of credit has to go to Drew Brees in this game because in awful conditions with basically no wide receivers, he has a very efficient game, a gutsy performance, drove the Saints down the field in big situations multiple times. I mean, you got to give him a ton of credit here, and I feel like this running game... It wasn't awful, but it didn't do Breeze any favors to win this game. And I thought this running game was going to be the reason the Saints won. And it was Drew Breeze for this offense. So that is obviously big for the Saints that they're able to still rely on Drew Breeze. Like, Drew Breeze can still win the Saints football games. And I think that's something, that's a huge takeaway to come out of this game. And multiple games throughout the season. Now he can do it in cold games, in grinded out games. Because the Saints still scored 26 points and they missed a field goal in this one. So they could have definitely had more. And they were 1-4 for four in the red zone. I mean, to me, I feel like the Saints, they, they did a very, very good job on offense considering, and that has a lot to do with Drew Brees, and I feel like that is really big. They're kind of flipping it over now to the defense in our second intriguing matchup with the Saints secondary and Nick Foles versus Nick Foles, I really should say. And I feel like the Saints secondary, they were up and down. I think they were improved, but I think that has a lot to do with this Bears offense just not being very good. It's just flat out not good. And I, I think that... Nick Foles, he hasn't been good all season. He made some bad throws in this game. He threw the pick to Marshawn Lattimore. This Saints defense still gave up way too many big plays. I think there were like three big plays. You had the touchdown. You had the play before the touchdown. And then you had Janoris Jenkins getting beat as well. I feel like that can't happen. And just for the Saints, I mean, they're giving up just big plays. And when it's not big plays, it's the penalties. You had the pass interference penalty in the end zone on Demario Davis. Like, that stuff just cannot happen here for the Saints. And I feel like, again, those big plays and those penalties, like, you take those out. And I think they played really, really good in this game. I feel like Lattimore played a really good game. I feel like Malcolm Jenkins played a really good game in this one. Marcus Williams was kind of meh. He was kind of just up and down and, like, fine. I'm not 100% sure who gave up that big play, the big one, uh, the first big one. So I'm not 100% sure who that's going to go to and the blame going to go to. You're going to have to watch the game film when it comes out and is released. But I feel like the Saints secondary is up and down. It was good enough to win, and I think they played a lot better than the last few weeks. 
And the question's going to be, is that a byproduct of this Bears offense just not being very good, or is the Saints defense actually improving? So it's definitely going to be interesting to see because I feel like for the most part they did a good job up until it's always with the Saints. Situational football with two minutes to go, and they have to really defend an offense that's going past all the time in a two-minute drill and hurry up. And the Saints, year in, year out, game in, game out, they do very, very bad. For some reason, I don't know why, and it's every year, and it's almost every game that they're in these close games, they're not doing this offense or the rest of this team any favors here by basically giving up 10-point leads with five minutes to go. Now, obviously, you could say that the offense should pick up that conversion, but I'm sorry, this Bears offense should not be scoring 10 points in like three or four minutes. Just should not happen. And again, I feel like the Saints secondary right now, it's up and down. It's better than last week. It was better than the last few weeks, but still have a lot of work to do. And the only thing I'm not sure about the secondary was this because of the Bears offense is just that bad, or are they actually improving? And that's going to be very, very interesting to see, especially in this next game against the Buccaneers. I think that's going to be something to watch out for. They have a ton of weapons. They have an amazing offense, and they have a Hall of Fame quarterback leading the way with Tom Brady. It's going to be interesting to see how this secondary plays under those conditions, not against the Bears, who have just not played well on offense. So that was really big, in my opinion, there. And then finally here, our third intriguing matchup was the Saints' depleted receiving corpse versus the Bears' secondary. And look, the receivers didn't do much in this game, but I feel like the Saints' pass catchers did a lot in this game because Alvin Kamara, he's basically wide receiver one at this point. Nine catches, 96 yards. He's legit. He's the real deal. He's going to be making a ton of plays every game. At some points of, the, of certain games, he's been the whole Saints offense. And when you have a player that basically can wear the offense on his shoulders, that's something that is extremely valuable. And he's a player that defenses are going to have to key in on. And I feel like defenses are also going to have to key on Michael Thomas once he returns, and Emmanuel Sanders, and Jared Cook. I just don't see how this Saints offense isn't top three in the league once they have all their weapons back healthy. Maybe that will never even happen. But I feel like if they can get the whole band together here going forward, I think that this offense is elite. And again, I feel like they're top 10 right now, top 7 I think right now in points scored. Like, that's great. That's also without your Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, to me, I just feel like right now, the Saints offense is getting better. They have put out a lot of gutsy performances shorthanded. And I think it's ready for everyone to come back healthy and this juggernaut to be assembled. That's just my opinion here. And, I mean, you just look at it throughout. I mean, the rest of the offense, you had Jared Cook, five catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. He had some really big catches. Same with Traquan Smith, five catches, 43 yards. Taysom Hill stepping up, two catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. A really, really clutch touchdown for him. So that's big. I mean, it was a, it was a difficult game for the receivers just because their depth was tested, but the Saints came through against a tough defense. I mean, this secondary was playing man coverage. They were playing press. They were daring the Saints to basically beat them. And the Saints found their matchups, and they were able to do that in certain situations. And that's something that is really big. And you got to give it to Drew Brees because he was doing all of this. And I feel like a lot of people are going to still talk badly about him. And they're going to do it throughout the whole year. So I'm honestly, at this point, I'm just used to it. But I think he played really good in this game. To be quite honest with you, I think he's played great all season. I mean, you want to take out a few games that he played average to below average, yes. But I feel like for the most part, especially considering he's been without Michael Thomas... He's been just flat-out outstanding, and he's a big part of why the Saints team is 5-2, and two, especially with the secondary struggling with the defensive line, who we'll talk about in just a little bit, not getting consistent pressure they did today, but overall in the season, they haven't got full consistent pressure. 
Drew Brees is a big part to why the Saints are 5-2 and two this season, and that's something that is obviously really huge for the Saints. So that will wrap up our intriguing matchups segment. Now we are going to move over to our group-by-group group recap, but first we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Between the NFL, college ball, and the World Series, there's no shortage of games to watch. With thousands of lines available on your favorite sports and events, you could turn your game day into payday with MyBookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real money maker. And don't forget about the underdogs, they have a ton of value too. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets, it's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code OVERTIME for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports, and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion. And now we're going to get into our group by group recap here. It's where we grade every group on this Saints team from quarterback all the way down to special teams and coaching. So starting off with the quarterback, Drew Brees, I'm going to give him an A in this one. I thought he played outstanding in this game. And I feel like it was a very gutsy performance considering there was no Michael Thomas, there was no Emmanuel Sanders, no Marquez Callaway. Again, I feel like that's something that we have to take in. He was 31 of 41, 280 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, only one sack, 77 quarterback rating, 109.8 passer rating. And I thought he played really good in this game considering the weather, considering the lack of weapons. He played a very efficient game. He played a very gutsy game because he was able to get the Saints in clutch moments down the field to score. And I think that's something that's really, really impressive, especially when the running game was pretty up and down. And look, you were able to get some big runs with Alvin Kamara, but besides him, definitely really wasn't much there. So you got to give it to Drew Brees. I thought this is now, what, four games in a row, five games in a row where he's just played to me at an elite level and you know through these last couple of games he's played like a top five QB maybe not even top 10 because I feel like at the beginning of the season again it was definitely average but he's had some great performances here and you got to give him a ton of credit and I know no one is going to but I feel like he deserves a ton of credit because he's not the flashy guy the Saints offense right now is not flashy without Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and I feel like once they get those guys back, I feel like a lot more of the national media pundits is going to like the Saints just because they're going to have that star power. But right now, when your receiver, starting receivers was Traycon Smith and Jawan Johnson, you're going to have to gut it out. And that's what Drew Brees was able to do. So really great performance by him. Moving over to the skill position group here, and I'm going to give him an A- in this one because, look, the guys, the stars, the players that the Saints needed to count on played very well in this game. Alvin Kamara was just flat-out outstanding, 5.6 
yards per carry. He had 67 yards on only 12 carries in this one. He had nine catches for 96 yards. He had 13 targets in this game. Look, he's basically running back one and receiver one right now for the Saints. And again, he's a player that looks like offensive player of the year. And that's something that I think the Saints really love to see. And again, you give him an A++ grade in this game. And then you have Jared Cook, who steps up five catches, 51 yards and a touchdown, especially in the red zone. The Saints were able to get him the ball here for that touchdown. That was obviously really big. Traquan Smith, five catches, 43 yards. He caught a few really big third down conversions, which obviously you really can't see from his initial like stat line here with only five catches for 43 yards, but he was able to have some clutch catches for the Saints. Taysom Hill caught the touchdown. He also ran the ball for 35 yards, and I thought that he had definitely his best game of the season, so that's all really good for the Saints to see. Deontay Harris was only three catches, 19 yards, but he had some really, really nice returns for the Saints which we'll definitely get into when we talk about special teams. But I feel like overall, you give him an A-. minus. Now, I know it wasn't like everybody, and obviously it wasn't this dominant performance, but for what they had, I think it's really the best possible. And the reason they don't get an A+, plus is because, look, the players that they had, like, it wasn't like this show-stopping performance where, like, Drew Brees was basically leaning on his skill position players, but they did enough to win, and... When Breeze was giving them the ball and giving them great opportunities to succeed, they were coming through. And then you have players like Alvin Kamara. I, I think he's probably the only guy out of this skill position group, maybe him and Jared Cook on some plays, where he's just creating every time he gets the ball. But besides Alvin Kamara, Breeze is really creating for them. And look, you got to give that to Breeze. And the Saints still having Alvin Kamara upright, playing great football. The Saints are going to need him to create, keep on doing good. And really just being that elite player. Because right now, without Michael Thomas, without Emmanuel Sanders, he's the only player besides Drew Brees that can create for himself. And that's something that, it's a big quality. And, and, and I think that's something when you look at like a Super Bowl team, let's say like the Chiefs, they have a ton of players that can really, you know, do some great things and create for themselves. You talk about Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and really the list goes on. Sammy Watkins on that team, like a, a ton of really good players. You have uh, Clyde's Edwards-Hilaire. And, I mean, I feel like the great offenses, they have players, multiple players that can create for themselves. And I feel like the Saints will have those players once they're healthy. But right now, it's like the whole load's going to Alvin Kamara. And he's playing really good. So you got to give him a ton of credit there. Moving over to the O-line, I'm going to give them like a B plus, A minus. Look, they only gave up one sack. And for the most part, they kept Breeze clean. But Cesar Ruiz just did not have a good game. And it's no dis- like disrespect to him. And, like, I'm going after him. He's a rookie and he's going to have some bad games. It's also the Bears were just targeting him, and they were just going after him with Mack and Akeem Hicks, and that's a really tough matchup for Cesar Ruiz. And he held his own for the most part, but, like, there were a few plays where he got blown up, and it affected the plays. So, again, I feel like he definitely, out of the five offensive linemen, he did play the worst. But you got to give a ton of credit to the Saints' tackles because they played outstanding in this game. Armstead and Ramshack both played outstanding against, look, some really, really good edge rushers with Mack and then Robert Quinn. They played really good here in this game. I mean, was there some pressure on Breeze? Yes, but I feel like for the most part, they kept him upright. That's obviously really big. And then in the running game, I feel like you got to give it to the tackles and some guard play, I feel, also to get those zone running lanes open, especially the cutback lanes here for Alvin Kamara. But up front, it wasn't great. But uh, overall, like a B plus. I think that's really the grade we're going to give to the offensive line. Flipping it over to the defensive line here, I'm going to give them an A-, minus because I felt like they did a really nice job in the pass rush, for sure. Five sacks, 
that's amazing. That's an A++ performance for them. And they were able to get it from a lot of different guys. When you're looking at the sack total, you have David Onyemata. You have Mal, uh, Marcus Davenport, excuse me. You also obviously have Cameron Jordan, Trey Hendrickson. You were able to really get it from a lot of different guys. Malcolm Jenkins had a sack as well. Obviously, he's not in the defensive line. But look, it's another sack. That's obviously really, really big there for this defensive line. And I feel the only reason they're not going to get an A-plus here is because this run defense should have been a lot better against a team that's 32nd in the league in running the ball with the Bears to give up 21 carries and 89 yards to David Montgomery. That's something that I felt like they could have done a lot better in this game. So, again, I don't really know what to think. 100% of it, that's why I'm going to dip them a little below. They had a great game against a not-so-good offensive line because they had a few injuries in the game, and I feel like the Saints took advantage of that, but I feel like overall, give them an A-. They played good. They didn't play like the best game ever, but they played a good game. I mean, they played a really good game. And, I mean, there were certain features where I would like to see better when you get that A-plus grade or A grade. But overall, you'll definitely take their performance. If they did this week in and week out, 100% take it there. Moving over to the linebackers. I mean, I'm just going to give them a B. I mean, another game where, like, wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Demario Davis made some really clutch plays, but then also has a pass interference in the end zone, which is not good on third down. Like, that's obviously a bonehead mistake by him. Cannot make those mistakes. And I feel like in the future he won't. I'm like, I'm not worried about his play. But, like, even in Alex Anzalone, it's like he played an outstanding, great game. Like, like show-stopping. It's like they're not bad, but they're not great either. So it's like, where do I put them? And that and that's kind of really what it is with Anzalone and Demario Davis right now. And I guess that's why they added Quan Alexander, who's a really athletic guy. He's solid in coverage. You're hoping that kind of takes this linebacking group to the next level as... Now you have the flexibility to really play base more. I would like to see that just to have that flexibility and show offenses different looks and stuff. And I feel like having a cover, another coverage linebacker is definitely going to help the Saints in that respect there. So, I mean, but overall in this game, it was just like, it was kind of like a net zero here. I mean, and that's why I'm going to give them the B. It's like they were awful. They didn't lose the Saints the game or anything, but they didn't win it for them either. So that's really what it was from the linebackers. And then moving over to this last group here, on the defense, the secondary, and again, it's a lot of up and down play in this game, so I'm going to give him a B. You had some really high highs with the Lattimore pick. You had a few other really nice plays and other nice pass defenses. You had Malcolm Jenkins, who had a really nice game. He had a sack, tackle for loss, excuse me, there. He had two pass defenses, eight tackles. He definitely had a solid game in this one. Marshawn Lattimore, he had the interception. He had a tackle for loss as well. You had Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who I think overall played a solid game outside of giving up that big gain at the end of the fourth quarter to set up the Bears' game-tying field goal, but he had two tackles for loss, which you love to see as well. So I feel like right now when you're you're, you're looking at this Saints secondary, I think they played, overall, they played a solid game, but if, like, if you take like 90% of the plays, they were playing outstanding, and they were completely stifling Nick Foles. But then for like 10% of the plays, they were just giving up big gains, penalties, and that brings your grade down because that's how the Bears scored their points. And that's why the Saints had more first downs, better time of possession, all that stuff, but still had to go to OT to win this game. It's because this defense just makes some just errors that are just very, very head-scratching right now. And again, I, I, I feel like when you look at the Saints secondary, this was their best game so far since week one. So that's great, and that's definitely a step in the right direction. Now, again, I don't know if that's because of the Bears just have just this awful pass offense that, you know, the secondary got helped by that. They, I mean, yeah, they probably did, but to the extent, I think, is 
really what I'm going to be posing the question to, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do next week. Will Lattimore come ready to play against Evans? Will Janoris Jenkins be able to defend Godwin and Brown and whoever they're putting out? Will the Saints be able to stop Gronk? It's going to be very interesting, and this Buccaneers team, which when I'm recording this on a Monday, they played tonight against the Giants. I'm expecting them to win that game, so again, the Saints are going to be probably a half game down in the division, and I feel like that's going to be a big game, and we're going to circle it, and we've circled it since the beginning of the season. In our preseason picks, I had the Saints losing this game. I'm not going to obviously tell you guys who I got now here. I'll wait until our preview episode a little later in the week, but I feel like right now when looking at this Saints secondary, it's it's, it's interesting because they did get better, but there's still those same issues. Now, there were less, but what was the reason? Was it because the Saints got better? Or was it because of the Bears' offense is just that inept? And, again, I feel like it could be either or there for this secondary. Moving over to our last group with special teams and coaching. I thought the coaching was really good. I'll start there. I'm going to give it an A. I thought Sean Payton did a wonderful job. Yes, there were a few play calls here and there that weren't good that I didn't like. But overall, I think it was fine. And with the defense, same thing with Dennis Allen. I thought he did a fine job as well. And I think he got the guys ready to play. I mean, this is a tough game to win for the Saints. Just you're going on the road, it's windy, it's cold, you're without three receivers, your defense isn't really playing well, you're playing against a really stout Bears team, a 5-2 and two Bears team, and the Saints are able to go in there and get the win. That's impressive, and the coaching, I think, overall did a great job. Now, do I want to see a lot of those errors in the defense go away? Yes, but I think overall, nice job for the coaching. And then special teams, like, to me, I'm going to give them an A-. minus. I could see why people are going to give them A's, and I could see why people are going to give them, like, B-pluses, too. But to me, I'm just going to give him an A-. minus. I think Lutz, he made the big kicks when it counted, but that chip shot field goal is going to, you know, it's, it's not going to haunt the Saints because they won the game, but you cannot do that in other big games against the Bucks or against the Packers in the playoffs. You cannot do that. So hopefully he just got, got it out of his system now, excuse me there, because he cannot do that really anymore. You can't miss 25, or it wasn't 25, excuse me, like a 29-yard field goal. You can't do that, so... Again, that's something that is going to have to not happen again. That's all I'm going to say about that. But Deontay Harris, he did a great job in this game. He did a nice job getting the Saints in good field position basically every single time, and they needed that, especially with the offense not having all of its weapons. That's obviously really big from Deontay. And then Thomas Morstead had some really good punts, had some not-so-good punts in this one too. Again, I I feel like with him, it's going to be interesting to see how this season finishes out and to see... If he continues to be up and down or he kind of writes the shift because let's just say he just doesn't have it anymore and he's going to have to retire, then maybe you bring back Blake Gillikin and he's your punter. It's going to be very interesting with that. I don't want to cut ties with Morstead, but I feel like there's a lot of inconsistency this year that we haven't seen in the past. So is this like his year to just drop off? It's going to be interesting to see. Do you bring in Gillikin for more competition next year? I'm pretty interested to see what happens there with the punter situation just because I feel like Morstead... There's been points in the season where he's just not made some good kicks, and they get one bad kick like a 30-yard punt. Can't have that. So we're going to need some better play out of Morstead, more consistent, I feel. And I, and I think he's going to get there. I'm not worried about it, and I, I'm not here to like put him on the hot seat or anything, but I think it's just something to watch out for here going forward. There, last thoughts here on this game. I feel like, look, you're obviously take the win. It was definitely a grinded-out game. It was definitely like a fist fight, <laughs> not to... <laughs> put any puns out there, but it was a fist fight, and I, I feel like in this game, the Saints did enough to win it, and especially without Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Marquez Callaway, Nick Easton, their offense 
to me showed them it showed a lot and i think that's something that's really really big here when going forward and trying to see what this team is because i don't think we've seen this team at its best for sure and i don't think they have a full identity yet and i feel like this game was a big one to shape that and to get this win was obviously really big because yes they did make mistakes yes it wasn't a perfect game but they were able to gut it out here against a good bears team a bears team that probably will be around 10 and 6 to me and look they have an elite defense the offense obviously needs a ton of work but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with that team so that will wrap up our recap here of this saints win over the bears but i just quickly want to talk about quan alexander as he is the newest addition here to this saints team and i feel like this trade is good for the saints and i'll say it because really you're getting a good linebacker very athletic linebacker that's good in coverage and i think the saints not that they're missing that, but I feel like you're going to see what happens between Alex Anzalone now and Quan Alexander, and I feel like Alexander at its best, he's the second best linebacker on the Saints roster, so to me this is a good move in that respect. They don't really gain a lot of salary here in this one. They only give up really a conditional fifth rounder in Kiko Alonso, who to me right now, Alexander, even though he has been injured and you know he has his own like set of issues, I think he's better than Alonso right now, and I think he's a better starter than Alonso. I think it's also a good move because he has a lot of athletic traits. He's good in coverage. It should be a nice plug-and-play type guy. And the last thing that I love is that the Saints should play more base here. And if they can play more just 4-3 base, I feel like that's going to help in just versatility and showing defenses new things because the Saints are basically just playing all nickel. And as much as I love Chauncey Garner-Johnson, and again, I feel like he's a player that's definitely someone that the Saints need for a Super Bowl run, I feel like having that flexibility to play base when you need to and where it's more applicable compared to, you know, just always playing nickel, I think that the Saints definitely having that third linebacker is very, very helpful in coverage because now you don't have to play as much nickel. So that's really what I have to say about Alexander. He's a guy when he stays on the field, he's an impact player. You're going to hear his name a lot, makes a ton of tackles. And I think that, you know, he's a guy that could get to the quarterback as well. He's a player that, again, I think he can be a player that is an impact guy for the Saints because you're looking in the years that he's played 12 games or more, he's been able to put up some just gaudy tackle numbers. He had 97 tackles in 2017 where he was a pro bowler. That year, he also had three interceptions, four pass defenses. The year before that, in 2016, he had 145 tackles. That's just a crazy amount. He had three sacks. And then you look over these last three seasons and... Again, he just hasn't played a lot. He's been hurt. I mean, he only played eight games last year, and that was kind of an, you know, I think he did good stuff for the 49ers, but they wanted more for him. And I think they expected him to kind of grow into himself and didn't really as much as I think they thought. So that's kind of interesting. This year, he did start all five games he's played, but he's kind of dealing with some injuries, and he's even doing it right now. He's got a high ankle sprain that he's coming back from, but... I think the reason the Saints got him now and they didn't do it a few weeks ago is because they wanted to get the player when he's healthy. And I think that's something that is really good. He's fully healthy. He probably won't play this week against the Bucks just because it's a quick turnaround, especially, you know, he has to pass all the COVID-19 protocols and stuff. But I feel like once he's in that Saints uniform, he will make an impact for the team. I mean, he's a guy that really specializes in coverage, which is definitely going to ease some pressure off of Demario Davis. The only big thing for him is missed tackles, which... Over the last few games, the Saints have been a little shaky at, but you're hoping that with a new team, he's trying to prove a lot and those missed tackles go down. And that's what really I'm expecting to see here. And 
you're hoping the Saints get a guy that could definitely play linebacker at that starting level, maybe even a little more above, and can create kind of this net zero position right now for the Saints. Like, you have Demario Davis, but really besides that, you really haven't seen much. And even Demario Davis has had some just, like, net zero games where it's just not a big impact. You're hoping that Alexander can come up here and become that positive impact here and really push the Saints linebacking corp here in the right direction. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. So on Twitter, you could follow the Houdat Discussion at the Houdat Dis. You could follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then on Instagram, you could follow the podcast at Houdat Discussion. And then finally, you can listen to the Houdat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of those platforms. We are on there. Definitely another win for the Saints. That's huge. Five and two. Going to be a big battle on Sunday Night Football next week. Should be very, very fun. Saints, Bucks. We're going to have our preview episode probably Thursday, Friday. I know our preview episode for this Bears game was late, but this one for the Bucks will be on time. Probably a little early because I'm extremely excited here to see the Saints take on their division rivals and the Saints get the win, they will definitely be on the inside track for another NFC South division title. But I just want to say thank you guys for listening, turn it loose, and who dat?